0: Doc G, with me, as always, the co-hostess that helps patients with secondary hydrosis. The hostess that gives out all the right doses. The co-hostess that has a mustache that's worth the mostest. Dave, Burls, Berlin. Say what? And the co-host who is the most negativist... Huh? Negativist. With COVID. Oh, okay. Good. Good. I'm, I was I, worried there for a second. Yeah. I was like, are you just gonna- I, I just got tested, man. Oh, good. I'm negative. Good. Uh, I thought you were just all of a sudden you Let's decided go. to be a Debbie Downer this show and you were just gonna everything no. be like, oh, oh lame. 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 Oh, I'm pumped. It's Wednesday, That's my right. dude. That's right. That is right, Dave. Dave, I looked into it and there's something else to be very fired up about. You've been doing this show for three years, Dave. Say what? Three years. Holy Yeah. Yeah. Three years, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I
1: need like a cake or something to celebrate. May
0: 2017 was when you did your first show. Now, you weren't regular at man. that time yet, but that was your first show. No, I was just filling in. Yeah, yeah, so... Oh,
1: man, that is awesome. I, Three years ago. I looked wow. into
0: it, Dave. If this were a marriage, hmm. we'd need to celebrate with some leather. work Because apparently that's... Oh, it's the leather year? Yeah, that's year. the leather year. It's a stage of flexible durability. That's, that's okay. the reason. Well...
1: What would I get that would be leather? Uh, Some leather chaps? That's too easy. <laughs> Ew.
0: That's, that's also weird. Here's your leather chaps. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how about- Dave, thanks for helping out with this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. I mean, how about just a, a, a leather a leather bracelet, hmm. you know? Like a, a an accessory you know, they have those, right? Mm, That's a okay. thing. Or a belt. Yeah. A belt.
1: Leather, leather belt. Oh, with your face yeah. all over the logo of the dog G show. A all giant
0: over D- a dog G belt buckle. Oh, that'd be nice. Mm, oh. I need to get it. Yeah. need to follow up. I need to get it for you. That needs to happen. <laughs> uh, now, Dave, I thought to celebrate. What better to celebrate mm-hmm. than the listeners get to know... Dave, a little bit more. So I thought I would just throw some questions your way and you'd answer them. Okay. Are you ready?
1: Let's do it, man. Ooh, I'm excited. I've never been interviewed like this before on on radio. Yeah, here we go. Here we go.
0: (laughs) Have you been told you look like someone famous? And if so, who was it? Hmm. Mm -hmm. I get Dan Blizzard in a lot. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. Although he's got a really sharp jawline, you know? That's one of those weird yeah, but things.
1: When we both have the beards going, it's hidden.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. You could make your. But
1: he does have the sharp beard look like, too. Yeah, I was like about to say. His sharp j- jawline is matched by the char-
0: sharp beard. You could make line. your it's beard crazy. sharp like him, though. So, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. I could definitely. Mm-hmm. You'd also need to squint. He squints a lot, yes! you know? Yeah, he squints a lot.
1: It may be the cocaine or something. I think he's <laughs> had
0: like five heart attacks or something like that Jeez. crazy. He's had a lot of heart so attacks. Sometimes
1: when you do steroids, yeah. And cocaine. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it does. Else, it does. So. I I've got a lot of weird so like when I was young, I got Colin Farrell, um, which is nice because he's an okay. attractive man. Yes! Um then one person thought I looked like Joe Kim Noah, Wait, which what? that was really out there. I was like, <laughs> nah, it's just the long hair and the semi beard. What's the one? Because oh, at that time um, I couldn't grow a full beard. Oh. Stephen Adams, which yeah, yeah, yeah. that's on our Instagram. Stephen Insta-
1: Adams is the one I like. I like the best on that,
0: that That's on our Instagram page, so that one. And then a Jason Momoa, which actually Stephen Adams and Jason yeah. Momoa get said they look like each other all the time. That's a fact. Which i got to be honest, so I put them right. all together. I'd like the height of Stephen Adams, the muscle of Jason Momoa, mm-hmm. and the boyish good looks of Colin mm-hmm. Farrell. If I could just throw all be those together. Great man right there. Exactly. In your brain. That's me. That's me in my brain. What? Okay, Dave, what did your high school locker look like? Hmm. Oh man, dude, mine was a mess. Mm-hmm. I um, so
1: true. So, you know, we had A, B day classes. So I would literally just like throw the books in there that I didn't need and like random yep. papers. Mm-hmm. And weeks go by, and there's like crumpled up mm-hmm. papers in between stuff, and it's like falling oh, out. Oh yeah. Um, Any pictures? I I never have been. No, there's no pictures. Okay. All right. I never have been a very um, organized individual. Yeah, yeah, Dave. Um, but I had the bottom half locker and it was blue. As you could. No, no stickers or anything.
0: As you could imagine, I was the same way. Uh, yeah. Basically, after the second week of school, it just had so much <laughs> that it'd take like four people to close. That's a fact. It'd be like, hey, can somebody hold this yep. with me? Okay, we're going to. And then usually there was some type of like you know food that I'd left in there. Ew! That people are like, hey, something smells, oh, and I'd be like, it's totally not that banana that's been in my locker for four weeks. Girl, come on. Totally not that. Right. And then, uh, (laughs) you know, there was usually two, like, some used running clothes in there that I'd ran in, like, two weeks before Mm -hmm. that were gross, so. You didn't put those in your gym locker? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but then there'd be times, like, that I'd be in a hurry or something, or I'd go there and switch something Mm -hmm. out, and it just happened to be in there, you know? And then for two years of high school, Decked out in Michael Jordan pictures, two years, all Michael Jordan. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Nice. If you could visit any place in the world, where would it be? Hmm. Now take COVID out. Just Ooh. anywhere you could go, what would you? What would you want to do?
1: Man, I would really love to go to like Scotland, where the game of golf started. Nice. And do a huge trip, and do a bunch of Scotland, like England. Nice. That type of stuff and do a old century like golf I like it. Um trip. I like it. I
0: think I told you my, my uncle was from Scotland. Yeah. So
1: true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you saying
0: that. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very cool place. Don't remember too much of it, but very cool place. Very cool place. The food sucks, but Yeah, it's not it's not like the best. Go... They don't they don't kill the food game. Uh Haggis is uh not the best. Oh, come on. Um Okay. I, Second choice would be Australia. Ooh, nice. But scary. Lots of scary things. Yes! Um yes. A lot of scary now, things. Now, I think you've already done mine. Uh, Costa Rica would be mine. I would want to... Oh, yes, I have. I would want to hit Costa Rica. Or maybe Ireland. Those guys like the show. And I like mm-hmm. to be anywhere that people... I would people, love Ireland, too. Any Anywhere people like the Doc G show, I like them. So, there you go. Yes! Okay, nerd question, Dave. If you could live... In the movie mm-hmm. of Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, which would it be?
1: Hmm, Star Wars for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I never really got into Lord of the Rings. I, um, I think I got to go I in a different world with, than you,
0: Dave. I got to go. I got to go Lord of the Rings. Um, we're going separate.
1: I was obsessed with the, like the racing of the Star Wars. There was the video game on PlayStation. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I used to play it all the time, so I think that would be so cool just to have their technology the d- and stuff.
0: The downside for me is the traveling, you know? I mean, all, all the technology, yeah. you gotta go to, like, different worlds, and even in, like, hyperspeed, mm-hmm. you're still talking, like, hours, probably, and stuff. And it's gotta take a toll on your <laughs> body, you know? And, like, I've... Yeah, uh,
1: age quickly.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I elves, they could give me magical stuff. they There are wizards. Yes. That's pretty dope. Right, uh, there's a lot of nature yeah. out there. I like that. So, you know, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go Lord of the Rings. But uh, either would be pretty okay. neat. Pretty neat vacation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, random. Do you like horseradish? Hmm. I love horseradish. Really? Wow. Huh. I
1: yes. Nice. Like uh, with steak and stuff, a yeah. creamy horseradish sauce. Wow. Um, so good. I, I love. Um. You like the bite, like, huh? Wasa- like you know. Yeah, I like like the wasabi, the ho- like even like because I don't think a lot of places even use real wasabi. It's just like yeah. green horseradish. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anything you put horseradish in, like a Bloody Mary, I ask for extra horseradish.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Here. Yeah, man. Another I fast one. How many text messages do you send on a given day? What's your average? Would you say? Hmm. Oh God.
1: Uh. Man. Like fifty to a hundred. Wow.
0: Jeez. Um,
1: wow. I'm I'm real low. Well, because you know
0: Is this work
1: related? My mom is uh some of it's work related. We do communicate a lot because we're separate throughout the facilities. Yeah. yeah. So that's a couple there. Um my mom communicates a lot via text. Mm. And then Kayla and I will communicate mm. too, but you know, I, I would say probably closer to fifty. See, I, I um, you
0: basically eliminated all of those for me. I don't have a girlfriend. Nope. My mom doesn't really text that much. Oh. Nope. And uh mm-hmm. my work does not text. Nope. So there you go. Right. It's uh i I'm probably oh, yeah. uh,
1: about And then my best friends have this group chat.
0: Oh, those will blow you up. Long. Yeah. Those will blow you up. All right, Dave. All right. I think I think I think the audience knows you better now. Yes! They know you better. Yes. Are you ready to fire up this show? Let's fire it up like some
1: horseradish, boy. Woo! Five.
0: All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff! Spicy! Spicy! Dave, we've got the oh, spicy yeah. group Mike and the Moon Pies. Today, these fellas, my goodness, honky-tonk legends right here. They just released a new album last week. It was a surprise release. This is a very exciting album. It's all actual Gary Stewart songs. And Gary Stewart is known as the king of Honky Tonk back in the 70s. He was the king. Yeah, and they got their hands on these ten songs of Gary Stewart's, and they released them. And we're probably going to be the first state uh, radio show to play one of their songs. Say what? Yeah. I'm not. i be ready. I'm not saying definitely, but we're probably we're close. If if not the first, maybe the top ten, something like that. We'll see. <laughs> they've they've won the Austin Music Award. For best country artist, Dave. You know who won that the year before him? Hmm. Who? Willie Nelson. Jeez. Not bad company, right? Oh. Not bad company. Not bad at all. We're talking to Mike, but first, we got to start where we start. Birthday suit.
2: Happy birthday, Mr. President.
0: Okay, Dave. Right, let's do it. Uh, 91%. Wow. Pretty high. Wow. Pretty high. Ooh, wow. Yeah, pretty high. It's in sports, but it's not your sport. Hmm. Born on June 3rd, 1986 in Majorca, Spain, our birthday Mm -hmm. suit's father owned many businesses, including an insurance company, a window company, and a restaurant. At a young age, our birthday Mm -hmm. suit wear idolized the Brazilian soccer player Ronaldo, who played for Barcelona. Mm -hmm. But even though he loved soccer... Mm -hmm. His uncle started him playing Uh tennis at the age of three. At the age of 12, Uh he was great at both soccer and tennis, but his dad worried Uh that he wouldn't have enough time for his schoolwork, so he told him, you got to choose. Our birthday suit wearer chose tennis. At the age of 15, our birthday suit wearer turned pro. At the age 18, he became the youngest player to register a singles victory in the Davis Cup Finals. In 2005, mm. he won the French Open, his first Grand Slam title. He went on to Dang. win 19 Grand Slam titles. Jeez! He's won two gold medals for tennis, and he currently has the best winning percentage of any tennis player in the open air. And he is currently ranked number two behind Djokovic. That's right. Name that birthday suit wearer. I, I'm going to say Nadal. You are correct. Rafael Nadal. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. Man, my favorite tennis player. Yes. 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 I like all the okay. big three, okay. but over the last couple of years, Nadal's really, he's won me over. He just, he's got that passion. He's got that insane obsession like Michael Jordan. Yes! He has it. Like he can't, like every yeah. single point matter, his life is on the line with it. He's just obsessed with it. It doesn't matter if he's going to lose the the game. He's still going to put it all on the line. He's so true. Crazy. He's also a little weird in the fact, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, one, it's a hilarious video if you watch it. There's a video of mm-hmm. uh, uh, Federer, making fun of Nadal, Mm -hmm. like he's acting like Nadal Mm -hmm. when he plays, it's pretty hilarious. Mm -hmm. Because Nadal has a lot of weird things he does he has to do before Isn't. he serves. Yeah, he like he rubs his nose he puts his hair behind both ears he then adjusts his underwear in his shorts and then pulls down the side wow. of his shorts and it's like every single time in the same process. It's very meticulous and obsessive. So nonetheless, But, nonetheless very strange. he's turning 34 and he's a champ. Big time champ. That's a fact.
1: There you go. Happy birthday, Rafael.
0: Yes, yes. The Spain, the Spanish bull, right there. Got a cool, got a cool logo too. That's the other thing. His Nike logo with the with I think the bull. I've seen his logo. Yeah, it's the bull. It's a it's a, it it's real an real actual. Way. It's an actually. It's a little like haft bull. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. Very
1: cool. Yeah, that is cool. Very
0: cool. Okay. Dave we uh, had an unturned stone last week we need to need to turn it uh-huh. yeah on an, in a segment please do we call previously on the Doc G show previously on the Doc G show uh so I noticed I got actually a little mixed up last week on the show uh, with this anyways mm-hmm. so originally right I told you that uh, TLC, um, they had to call Chili a C word because it had to fit with Mm -hmm. TLC. Well, the whole reason they had to do that in the first place was because they had an original member that was named Crystal who did not stay with the band. And then then they hired Mm. Rosonda Thomas who would obviously yeah. does not have a C name, and they were like, Take oh, the place. Yeah. we need a C name. That's why she was called yeah. Chili. So I couldn't find a definite reason of why she's called Chili, oh. but also interestingly enough... But
1: you got the backstory.
0: I did get that, and I also found uh, differing opinions of whether it was... Uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez that named her Chili or Pebbles, their manager, Hmm. found two two sources for both. So I'm not sure who named Mm -hmm. her. Also, side note, I told you it was somebody from a boy band or a a guy R&B group that named her Lisa Left Eye Lopez. It was Michael Mm Bibbins from Mm -hmm. New Edition. That was who it was. Michael Bibbins, New Edition. Him and Bobby Brown hanging out. He was like, hey. I like your left eye. Sexy. This needs to
1: be her name. <laughs> you know, that's what happened.
0: Okay. Oh, God. Let's rip some headlines.
1: All right, let's rip it.
0: It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Dave, I think this is a good story to start off, Rip from the Headlines. Probably one of my favorites for several weeks. There's actually two that I really like in these Rip from the Headlines. This one just made me chuckle. Just just very funny. Uh, so it's from ABC Channel 10 in San Diego. And uh, this is the headline. Man says he broke into San Diego, Wells Fargo to heat up his Hot Pockets. Hmm. <laughs> Smart guy. That's what you do. <laughs> so police in San Diego responded to a security alarm going off the Well Fargo's on Euclid Avenue at 3.30 a.m. And police uh, looked at the surveillance, or well, the alarm company told police that they looked at the surveillance cameras and they found the man inside a break room uh, using the microwave. Mm. <laughs> and officers went into... Oh, he was really doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Officers went in and found the man, uh, and when they asked if the Hot Pockets were worth getting arrested for, he said, yeah, it was worth it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Again, this is one of those times, Dave. This dude needed a friend he could run this idea by. That's a fact. He needed somebody that he That's could true. say, "Hey man, I was planning on breaking into the Wells Fargo on Euclid to use their microwave," hmm. and his friend could be like, "Hey, you know what? You could just use my microwave instead of breaking into a bank. That way, you probably won't get arrested. You know, <laughs> right? Right? Like that would have right. that would have been really good there for him. But instead, now this dude's in jail, and all he has is a good memory of that delicious hot pocket before he was arrested. Sad. Oh! Sad." I just kept on thinking guy. of the thought process of this dude like, hmm, you know what has a microwave? I bet this bank does. Word should probably break into this bank for this microwave. Nope. What? Right. What? Mm. All right, Dave. Um, you've been to Key West before, right? Yes, sir. It's we. It's weird down there, right? So true. It gets a little weird. It's weird. I love it, but it's weird. Um. They decided to continue the weirdness during corona times, Dave. Uh, Somerset Island Preparatory School decided Mm -hmm. that when their students graduated, they were going to graduate on jet skis. Oh, I saw this video. Yeah. Super cool idea. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, so the principal sat on the back of the boat, and the students sat on in the marina on their jet skis, mm-hmm. and one by one brought their jet ski up to the boat and got their diploma. Yep. Like, I mean, I, I know it's different, but honestly, I can't really get on board saying it's that cool. Nope. Like... Everybody knows the only fun part, the only not fun part about jet skis is when you're taking it in and out of the marina. So true. Like, that's the only mm. not fun part, because you're literally not getting to do any uh, cool wave hopping or cutting turns. All you're doing is slowly maneuvering yeah, this fair. thing that's very hard to maneuver in the water. That's it. That's all you're doing,
1: right? And Yeah, but I would rather be sitting on a jet ski out in the water for a couple hours than sitting in a chair on in a gym or a football field.
0: You gotta imagine though, when these guys tell their kids in like 30 years, hey, my graduation was on water with jet skis. What? Their kids are gonna be like, what? Why? And then they're gonna be like, cause yeah. <laughs> there was a pandemic. And they're gonna be like, "Covid." what? Read your textbook about it. That doesn't make any sense either. Well, who cares? We were on jet skis, d-. That doesn't make any sense, <laughs> Dad, you weirdo. There were only 11 of them anyway. It's pretty small school. Um. Okay. Oh, dang. Yeah, teeny school. Dave, speaking of schools, not too many of them have been able to, uh, to actually operate. Nope. Am I right? Right. They've been shut down. The actual facility, of course, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, on Memorial mm-hmm. Day, Matt Crandall decided to take advantage of the empty, empty schools. He uh, he Uh-oh. broke into Miramar High School here in Florida at 7 oh. a.m. in the morning yeah. and uh, spent the whole Not day... Not the most
1: conspicuous.
0: Thing. No, no. And he spent the whole day vandalizing the school. Literally mm-hmm. 24 hours. Jeez. Dedication (laughs) on the security cameras. They just saw him for 24 hours smashing TVs, breaking computers, flooding hallways, ripping down posters, everything else. 24 hours. Dedication. And of course, because this is ripped from the headlines, and this is Florida, Mm -hmm. of course he was completely naked. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) He walked into the school with a pair of headphones on and a hat, and that was it. Like, what's got to be going through your head to decide on that? Like, you know, I was thinking I was going to head down to the school that I don't go to and I'm not affiliated with. That's a fact. I'm going to get my favorite playlist of jamming tunes. Say what? I'll vandalize the school for 24 hours. Literally 24 hours. No lunch breaks. No water breaks. Just vandalization for 24 hours. And of course, I'll be naked. So true. That's a must. (laughs) You gotta, gotta be naked. Like, what? Gotta be naked. What? And then it really baffled me because in the story, they were like, uh, so far, there's no association between this man and the school. And I was just like, hmm. you just, a random school? You're like, school trying to pass knowledge around on people. Get rid of this thing. How dare they? Like, <laughs> nuts, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, of all places. Yeah. Why a school? It's weird. Weird. Dave, this next story is from The Guardian uh, in your second favorite place to visit, Australia. Um. Yes. Dave, did you hear a while back when Tom uh, Brady walked into someone's house in Tampa thinking it was his teammate's yeah. house? He, yep, yep. Okay, well, this story's like that, except much, much weirder. That's a fact. Um. Okay. So a man was <laughs> sleeping in his house... Uh, near Sydney, mm-hmm. Australia. Uh, oh, sorry, Australia. Um, when he woke, Australia, mate. You gotta get, you gotta get it proper. So true. When he woke up early in the morning, had to use the bathroom, and uh, when mm-hmm. he went to go use the bathroom, he noticed there was a light on in his living room. Mm. Now he has a friend mm-hmm. that he always gets coffee with early in the morning, so he thought it was that mm-hmm. dude just there really early. So he yelled out a real uh, Australian thing and said, bugger off, it's too early. You know, that's what you do when you're Australian. You say Mm -hmm. bugger off. Um, Mm -hmm. He then heard a man ask him what his name was, right? And he was like, well, that's probably not my friend if he's asking what my name is. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. two dudes show up in his uh, bedroom carrying machetes Jeez. and oh god obviously dude was a little freaked out right but the two dudes sure. looked a little confused as well hmm. and they were like would you say your name was and he said his name again they're like oh whoops think we got the wrong house mate sorry about that Oh, wow. And the other man shakes the guy's hand, and then both of them are like, all right, bye, see you later. And they just walk out, right? And of course, as soon as the guys leave, perform a hit. Oh, my God. Well, no, no. See, that's why it's even weirder. (laughs) As soon as the guys left, he calls the cops. The cops find the two guys, and it turns out Mm -hmm. these two gentlemen were looking for a guy's house. That had paid them $5,000 to break into his house with weapons, forcefully tie him up, and then rub him with a broom.
2: Wait, what?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm confused.
0: That was this dude's sexual fantasy. Ew. Was to be tied up forcefully by armed men and then... Rubbed with a broom. Word. Well, no. What? Mm. What? Like, first of all, how many? Uh, how many? Kinky. How many people did this guy have to contact before he found these two dudes that were like, so? It's a, it was a
1: post on Australian
0: Craigslist. <laughs> so, so, break into your house and tie you up and then rub you with a broom. And you'll give me $5,000? Do I have to supply my own broom? Or Mm. do you like have a special broom that you like to get rubbed with? Or, (laughs) yeah, I'll do that. Sounds good. Like, what? Who? So bizarre. And then, second, how weird does it have to be for the dude they accidentally broke into his house? Obviously, like, I mean, you're getting ready to go to sleep, and two dudes with machetes show up. And then they're like, oh, you know what? Whoops, wrong guy. (laughs) You don't like to be rubbed with brooms? Okay, we'll see you later. What? (laughs) So weird, man. That is bizarre. They need to link up with that dude in Miramar. Strange people out there. Yeah. Strange
1: people down under.
0: Now, uh, this next story is from Daily Mail. Uh, Dave, lots of folks like taking selfies these days, you know? And I, I who does it? I would say they've even gotten more popular because of COVID. You got nothing else to do, take a selfie. You know that's what people rely on. Uh-huh. Uh, now yep. you know you see you see the selfies because of new hairstyles, new outfits. You know. Well, uh-huh. last week uh-huh. Shannon from Gloucestershire, England, she uh, she took a nice selfie in the bathroom mirror and posted it online. Uh, Several minutes later, though, a bunch of friends were urgently messaging her. And she's like, "What? what's this all about? What's going on, right? Mm. And it was about the bathroom mirror. And she was like, what? And so she looked in the bathroom mirror in the picture. And it turns out, her boyfriend, Henry, had his ass in the bathroom mirror. Ew. And he had his ass in the bathroom mirror because he was wiping it because he was using the bathroom when she took the selfie. Girl, come on. Oh, boy. Yeah. And oh, then boy. Shannon told Henry, and they found it so hilarious that they decided to keep the picture up. Ew. Why not? Girl, come on. It's hilarious, right? So the the picture has almost 200,000 likes now on Twitter. Yeah, dang. Yeah, yeah. Dave, um,
1: shaming se- that boy.
0: Several things about this. Uh, uh, first of all, obviously, why are you in the bathroom when your boyfriend is taking a? Yeah, d-? that is so weird. Leave him alone. Yeah,
1: like, like, like peeing. I can get like maybe one person's peeing. Yeah, and the other person, she's like doing her makeup or like whatever. Yeah, but like need
0: your own space when you're... Yeah, and, like, I've heard what? couples, Dave. I've heard couples that are like, oh, we don't worry about that kind of privacy anymore. Let me tell you something about those people, Dave. They're sick freaks. That's, a fact. That's what they are, all right? Sick. I've known sick my friend people. Brandon 21 years. I've never once been like, hey, you know, we've known each other for a long time, so uh, I'm going to come in and talk to you while you're uh, taking a... And I'm going to take a couple of selfies uh, (laughs) while you're doing it. Like, what? No. Never.
1: Throw up up a deuce because you're taking a deuce. Never
0: have I had the slightest urge to do that. Like, it's gross, man. Give the person's privacy. I don't get it. Nope. Don't get it. Nope. All right, Dave. Uh, Next story we've got about the queen, uh, queen of England. This, of course, comes from the Mm -hmm. BBC. Now, England, the coronavirus has—it's uh, been a—it hasn't been a picnic over there either. They've had to deal with it, obviously. Uh, the Queen, okay. she she sequestered herself in Windsor Castle, which, okay, by the way, it's the oldest still lived-in castle in the world. Hmm. Yeah, wow. It was built in 1070. The original was 1070. Now, obviously, there's been all kinds of renovations for the past, you know, thousand years, but that's crazy, Dave. It's gonna be a thousand, a thousand in 50 years. It's gonna be a thousand. Nuts. That's insane. Anyways, I feel like you gotta feel pretty safe in in a pandemic when you're behind the walls of a castle. You know? So true. Mm-hmm. Like even though it's mm-hmm. like not any actual like you, know, you really feel royal when you're in a castle. You're like eh, nothing can get me behind right. these walls. My my bow and arrow turrets up there will stop this virus. Like <laughs> it's gotta make you feel good. Anyways, uh, she's behind her walls of her castle, and she's been cooped up in the castle for several months. She's been getting pretty antsy. And this past weekend was the Mm -hmm. first time she came out on the grounds at Windsor Palace, and she hopped on her 14-year-old pony. That's right. She went riding (laughs) on her 14-year-old pony, and its name is Balmoral Fern. Wait, what? What? Oh, wow. What? That's something. Come on, Queen, that's way too royal. So true. Give your pony a rootin' tootin' name. Give your pony a name like Iron Shoes Sally, or Mustang Sally, or just Sally, like (laughs) Balmoral Fern. What? What?
1: Way too classy.
0: Yeah. And I've also got to say, Dave, seeing a 94-year-old lady up on a pony, that made me really nervous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, like any second... Like the,
1: something bad. Could they happen. didn't even
0: have any spotters. Girl, come on! Like there were no spot. Like it no was. spotters. It was just her.
1: How do you not spot the Queen of
0: England? Yeah, like I was just like, there should be a dude on both sides. Like easy, easy, easy. Like just it's she's ninety four. Come on. Her falling off that pony is basically like a normal person falling off of a seven-story building. Like That's That's a fact. Jeez, she's 94. (laughs) It's insane. All right, we've got one more story, Dave, but I'm saving it for after the break. I'm saving it. All right. We'll be back. We're going to take a break. We're going to hear from Mike and the Moon Pies. This is their fantastic song off a of steak night at the Prairie Rose. This is Might Be Wrong right here on the Doc G Show. Well,
3: I've been watching since you won't and you ain't talking to none of your friends and you can't keep your eyes off even a fool like me can see that I have started a raging fire. Your body is a glowing with burning desire to get your hands all over.
0: The Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave. Hmm. Guys, if you're not listening
1: to the podcast on an app, go to your app that you download podcasts Mm -hmm. and download the Doc G Show. Boom. Give us a five star rating and comment something cool. Yes. Literally anything. Yes. We would love to see it. We would. We would. Well, literally anything
0: positive, we would love to see positive yeah
1: anything positive good call mm-hmm. then go to the docgshow.com look at all the cool stuff we got on there mm-hmm. if you didn't learn enough about me mm-hmm. there's a little bit of bio on there you mm-hmm. can check bio.
0: that out it's true and you get to see dave in a and bikini uh, and so, oh
1: yeah if you want that image yeah it's an old shot then, trust uh, me folks
0: he's fit he's fit
1: yeah, I'm fit and the beard is Scum. slight. It's there. yeah, it's it's it's, it's like, only like a five o'clock shadow. I don't even know. If I, maybe.
0: I, I was about to say, I'd give it like I a three o'clock. I was swimming. It may have
1: been shaving. Yeah. Yeah. I may have
0: shaved the morning before. Jeez. Wow. It's crazy. That's that's a that's yeah. a deep find right there. Deep find. Okay, here's what I'm thinking, Dave. I'm thinking I'm gonna go shout outs, then our last story, then birthday soup. Mm-hmm. That's what we're gonna do. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks for the
1: itinerary. Well, you know,
0: I, I got to give it to you so you're you're ready. You're yes. properly positioned for each segment, you know. Uh, True that. True that. Okay, so shout outs. First off, okay, of course, regulars. Jacksonville, Florida, doing it. Shout Duval. Out. They're here. They're Bang always em. here. Thank you Jacksonville. Second, Columbia, South Carolina. They're here. They're always here. Shout Thank out. you Columbia. Oh, uh, Gainesville Florida always here Gators thank you shout thank out. you Gators so Gators Radford Virginia also Highlanders thank you thank shout you out. uh Ashburn Virginia shout out Doc G Doc G lovers right there lovers. they are you know shout there you go. Out. now uh, this one Dave again multiple listens they increased once again Dublin Ireland <laughs> yeah yeah Dublin again. Now, Dave, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to say this. If there is a week where we have more listens in Ireland than we do in U.S., I am paying for both of us to go to Ireland, and we will do at least one show Ooh. in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, we will you do hear it. that, my Irish people. That is come my, on. That is the Support promise. Us. That is a promise to the listeners and to you, Dave. If it happens. I will do it. So true. I will do it.
1: If you, I am Dublin. If you know what I mean. If
0: I, if, if the Irish make it happen, <laughs> it will happen. It will happen, and it doesn't have to be just Dublin. It can be all over Ireland. So all you folks in Ireland, because we got another one in the newcomers. A Little teaser there, Dave. Newcomers. <laughs> another Irish. Yeah, yeah. Okay, where did I leave off here? Okay, Mountain View, California. Shout out Shout to those out. guys. Thank you, West Coast Connection. Yes, sir. Barcelona, Spain. Thank you, guys. Keeping it real. International listeners. Thank you. Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you, Queen City. Thank you. Charleston, South Carolina. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, Kenner, Louisiana. Thank you. Thank you, 504 boys coming through. And, of course, London. Thank you. All surrounding areas of the U.K. there. And, And, lastly... Madison, Tennessee. Thank you, thank you. Okay, thank you, guys. Semi regulars, Dave. I have a, I have a, a, big comment here at the beginning of semi regulars. We have four mm-hmm. places that are semi regulars right now. That if next week mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. still listening, they'll be regulars. Four. Dang, you hear that, guys? Come on. First off, Star City, Roanoke, uh, Roanoke, Virginia. They're back. If they do it again. All right. They've been they almost a month strong. Next week they're back on. Next, all right, boys. Boardman, girls. Boardman, Oregon. Shout they've been out. they've been constant mm-hmm. in Oregon. They come back next week. They have. They're going to be they're going to be regulars. Here it Peoria, Illinois. Shout they also, if they listen next week, they're on regulars. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. lastly, Winfield, West Virginia. Old fuss and feathers. If Shout they're back out. next week, they're on. They're on regulars. Regulars. Yeah. Okay. Other semi-regulars. Tampa, Florida. Shout out to those guys. Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, Okay. ACARTA. ACARTA, ACARTA, California. Shout out. Shout out. Um, Berlin, Germany. Shout out to Berlin. Uh, My people. Mm Mm-hmm. Burls, Burls, thanks you. Miami, Florida. Shout out to the 305. Shout out. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Fighting Philly. Shout out. Moscow, Russia. Shout out to Moscow. Shout out. And lastly, Dallas, Texas. There we go. Shout out. My regulars. Very nice guys. Thank you. Okay, we've got two more uh, newcomers, and the newcomers are international this time. Mm, first off naka sweden shout out yeah
1: oh now welcome naka
0: now naka's sort of uh that they've already been listening because it's 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 stockholm Mm -hmm. it's part of stockholm Mm -hmm. so really stockholm has listened several times all they're they're semi-regulars but naka showed up so i was like all right i got to give them a newcomer status uh yeah. Now the cool thing about uh Stockholm in general, Dave, uh they're so high up in latitude, 18 hours of sunlight mm-hmm. in July. How nuts is wow. that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of time for golf. You it's like 11:30 p.m. and it's still light outside. The sun is setting and can at 11:30. You still finish your round. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Crazy. That's a fact. Also, they got a they got a museum dedicated to ABBA in Stockholm. The group ABBA. Oh, wow. Is yeah. that where they're from? Yeah, they're Swedish, dude. Okay. Mamma mia. Here we go again. Boom. Here we go again. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening, Stockholm. Here we go. Next one. Are you ready? Cahir Daniel, Ireland. Shout out. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Daniel. Daniel? Oh. Yeah. Cahir Daniel. Cahir Daniel. Cahir Daniel. Yes. Man. It's at the very bottom southeastern tip of the country. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I've been told, if you're down in Kaher ha- Ka- Ka- Her- Daniel Way, you need to hit up Abbey Island. Abbey Island. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, are you ready for a five- What's there? Are you ready for a five-star Google review of Abbey Island? Hmm. Oh, yes, please. Lovely spot, great views, white sand beaches, mm-hmm. and crystal blue water. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm, yeah look at that yeah what more could you want yeah i don't think there's more you Not could watch man that's pretty much it
1: it's pretty much really it. really nothing
0: all right thank you to all the listeners out there shout out to everybody that's been listening we appreciate it uh thank D- you guys dave it's time we uh we need to go backtrack got one more story that it didn't get out here uh Dave, this last story is from vice.com. Uh, okay. So, Wisconsin, uh, they have some interesting historical traditions, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, this article brought up a tradition I was definitely not aware of. Uh, there's a bar okay. in Wisconsin called Bennett's Meadowwood Country Club. Um and even okay. though it's. The bar
1: is called the Country
0: Club? Yeah, even though it's a country club, it's not. Nope. It's a bar. Uh, <laughs> okay. They just call it that. Um, back in 1977, the owner, Gene Bennett, started something that he called Smut and Eggs. Hmm. Um, Smut and Eggs. Yeah. So for the listeners, I'm not gonna
1: lie, that doesn't sound very appet- <laughs> no, appetizing.
0: No, no. For the listeners that are wondering what smut and eggs is, it's uh, where they offer breakfast food during breakfast time and hardcore porn on their TVs. Word. That's weird. Yes, yes, it is. From 6 a.m. till noon, they have breakfast food. And porn. Yeah.
1: Now, that, that's
0: legal. Apparently. Apparently. Now, I, I bring this up here because Smut and Eggs is apparently, uh, it was very popular before quarantine, Dave. And uh, before oh quarantine, gosh. the bar <laughs> hosted a little addition to Smut and Eggs where apparently they had mm-hmm. an all female review mm. that actually had women dancing and giving private dancers. Now, the bar manager at the time said it was covered by their burlesque license that they have, but the city council of Madison says that kind of license isn't a thing and doesn't exist. So, um, now, because of that live show, Bennett's could lose their license to serve booze, And show hardcore porn, which they actually do have a license for that. But they could lose it because of their their all-female review. Their lie about the burlesque. Yeah, yeah. Now, the city council is reviewing the license at their next meeting. Um, But just so you know, Dave, the uh, uh, vice contacted uh, Bennett's to see if they were open during the pandemic. And they said yes. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, because
1: they serve food, they're allowed.
0: They'll be showing porn this week, <laughs> so oh, if you're in Wisconsin, any of listeners near Wisconsin,
1: if you're in Wisconsin, you're into smutting that
0: smutting eggs is going on this weekend. Ew. Um, like oh, yourself, boy. Dave. I gotta say, what about watching porn makes anyone hungry for eggs? For breakfast food. Like, if anything, if anything, I feel like pornography is an appetite suppressant. Yes! Like, like, yeah, right? That makes sense. And like, mind doesn't think about food. No. And why would you want to share this experience with other weird bar people? Hmm. Like, what? Oh,
1: man. Could you imagine just like, you're at the bar
0: eating breakfast, and there's and just porn this, like, just going on all yeah. around <laughs> you, like, and just and oh, like and you got like an old geezer, like, and you're in a bar like, at six a.m. Like what?
1: You got guys walking to the bathrooms with
0: ah, oh, it's just weird. weird. I mean, weird. why don't they just top it off for the ultimate weirdo porn experience and offer Joe Buck to announce it? Like, why not, right? Oh, that why, That would be better. <laughs> why not? Why not? Dave, let's take a break. We are... Go- oh, wait. Oh whoa, whoa, whoa. I almost screwed up the itinerary. I forgot Dude, about the second birthday,
1: the birthday suit. suit.
0: Oh, jeez. Come on. Okay, man. See, I, to- I told you, tried to prep, and I wasn't ready. Good
1: thing you gave me the itinerary
0: yeah. so I knew what was happening. I wasn't ready. Okay, here we go. Second birthday suit. He wasn't ready. Very confident on this one. Very confident. Ninety nine point eight percent. All right. Yeah. Only a 02 percent chance you're not getting this one. Um I got it. Born in the Dominican Republic on June third, nineteen eighty six. Okay. Same same year, by the same way. Same year and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our birthday suit wearer's father played three years in the NBA and then many more Mm -hmm. overseas. In the year 2000, our birthday suit wearer and his family moved to Lansing, Michigan. Our birthday suit wearer Mm -hmm. followed his dad's footsteps and played basketball. And as a senior in high school, our birthday suit wearer stood out as a star. He, was, he has seven school records, Jeez. including most career mm-hmm. points. As a senior, mm-hmm. he was named Class A Player of the Year. He chose to go to the mm-hmm. University of Florida, where he played with Joe Kim mm-hmm. Noah and Corey Brewer. Mm-hmm. In 2007, he was named an All-American. Also, in 2008, he was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. And that year... Al Horford. Al Horford is correct. Yes, indeed. He was uh, traded in 2016 to the Boston Celtics, and then last year he was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. He has been an all-NBA player, a five-time all-star, and a defensive, an all-defensive uh, uh, team player. Yes! Al Horford. There we go. Happy birthday, Big Al! Still never, never I like, like Al Horford. Never won, uh, won a championship. Sad, <gasps> sad. You know, not yet. Uh, he's he's trying it. He's trying it. You know, uh, yeah. He's a uh, big fundamentals. You know, he sort of follows in the footsteps exactly. of Tim uh, Tim Duncan. Big fundamental right there. Right. It's got it, got it locked yep. down for sure. Good comparison. Yeah, yeah. Sort of same demeanor, too. Never really get too uh, overly excited. No high, Never no real depressed. Low, yep.
1: Yeah, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Even keel. Turn to the big three, four. You get it, Al. You get it, man. Get it. Uh, now, Dave. Now we will take a break. We are going to hear one more from Mike and the Moon Pies. This time it is Danger. Featuring Shooter Jennings off their album Cheap Silver and Solid Country Gold right here on the Doc G Show.
3: by my first name Just another blue collar The shadow of my father Following me I've never been lazy Hell, I've been working my Getting harder to defend
0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by the leader and orchestrator of a fantastic group, Mike and the Moon Pies, that just released their album, Touch of You, The Lost Songs of Gary Stewart, Mr. Mike Harmeyer. Mike, how you doing?
4: I'm doing great. How are you doing today?
0: Pretty fantastic, man. I wanna I wanna jump right into it. You guys are one of the first groups that I've had on the show that have released an album during this pandemic. Uh and the the newest album is all previously unreleased Gary Stewart songs that you guys recorded, and you released it in time for Gary Stewart's birthday, which was May twenty eighth. Was that the main reason you decided to to release it this past week?
4: Well, I mean, it all just kind of came together. Um, you know, when we when we started lockdown, we already had we'd already had six songs in the can. We had started on it a little bit, probably middle of last year, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> basically. You know, we we all kind of had a home recording gear, and we were um, trying to write and some, write some stuff for another record, and yeah, and then we pretty much we pretty much realized that Gary's birthday. You know, we could if we did it right, we could we could have it out by his birthday. So nice. we basically just tried to use our time wisely, you know, on lockdown and and uh, and get it all done. So we 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 checked four more songs uh, during quarantine, yeah, and uh, we we probably finished it. I don't
0: know. We probably got mastering tracks back two days before we released it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Fast turnaround. Um, yeah. I, w- I want to come back to the album here in a little bit. I want to talk some about some other things first. Yes! Uh, there's definitely gems on the album, so I, I, w- I want to talk about it. But uh, besides releasing the album, you've been doing a pretty good amount of live streaming live from the Prairie Rose. Now, now being a guy that's been playing in bars and honky tonks since you were fourteen, I feel like the live stream shows a little bit different atmosphere for you. Uh, h- how have you how have you enjoyed them so far?
4: Um, you know, it was fun. It was different for me. I, um, I I felt a little uncomfortable doing just the straight, you know, kind of playing songs thing yeah. for an hour. Um, you know, and that that never like you know that was that was really. In the past You know Almost decade now I've been touring With the band And yeah. and uh, I haven't I don't do a whole lot Of those solo acoustic shows I do occasionally But um, I kind of want to do Something different And something more entertaining And and so my weekly show Was you know Like a lot of like Check-ins with the band And some Kind of you know Bits that we would Pre-tape And some stuff like that And then nice. I of course Played some songs And did some covers um, But you know It was fun I got to learn How to do a lot of that stuff And, and I'm sure that you know actually it went so well that we'll probably keep doing some of those even after this time and i think a lot of people will i think streaming became a a pretty major part of uh of the music business during this time so i think we'll probably continue to do that and and even do some more streams from live shows when we start playing again
0: too nice nice that'd be that'd definitely be awesome uh well last thing about quarantine you uh You wrote Danger on the last album, sort of message to your son about, you know, uh, how you're always on the road as an artist. Now you've had almost three months where you haven't been on the road. How's that been getting to spend time with your son?
4: Oh, it's great, man. I mean, you know, for me, we do so many, you know, we were doing 200 and something dates a year and I was hardly ever really here. So this has really been great. I didn't really realize how much I needed that time yeah and and to be here you know with with my wife and my boy and we're working on remodeling my house and getting so much done around here that would have taken me years and years to do yeah and and you know i'm just getting in this time that i didn't See coming, and it's really been it's really been great. I mean, I'm, I'm stir crazy, and I want to get back on the road. <laughs> but um but I really, you know, I couldn't trade this for anything. And it's been great.
0: Very nice, very nice. Well, let's take the listeners back. You've been playing guitar since you were eight years old. Started taking lessons. Who who was the first guitarist that that really made you want to play?
4: um You know, I'm a Texas kid, man. So Stevie was the thing for me. Nice, nice. <laughs> I, I basically, you know, and that kind of. That kind of thwarted my guitar lessons thing because once I started learning how to do uh, pentatonic scales and playing like yeah. Stevie kind of i kind of quit paying attention <laughs> <laughs> that, so, so that sounds if, right if i could play pretty much every if i could play every lick of texas flood then i was like i was stoked
0: <laughs> <laughs> well uh along with that sort of inspiration your your dad uh he had a lot of connections even though he wasn't a musician he had connections in the music industry and he was friends with uh brian black uh clint black's brother and i heard you i've heard you talk about this before And uh, he seemed to be, you know, he was a musician and seemed to have a fairly big impact on you. What did you learn from Brian about being a musician?
4: Well, to me, um, you know, Brian, like, you know, while his brother was, you know, extremely famous, um, you know, Brian was just a working class musician. And, you know, they played gigs all over the state and regionally and nationally and stuff. And he had a he had a uh, old Silver Eagle tour bus and. He was doing it for a living without everyone knowing his name, and that kind of what that kind of changed my perspective about the whole thing. I wasn't all of a sudden just looking to you know have Nashville stardom or something like that. I was like, man, I could make a living doing this. I learned a lot from just you know being a working musician. Yeah, you know, how, how Brian how Brian approached it, and uh, you know made demos to get you know bar gigs, and and uh, it was it was the way that I realized I could make a living and do it uh, forever. You know, uh, yeah. Without, without being,
0: you know, incredibly famous. Nice, not being his brother, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, obviously, growing up with experiences like Brian Black and, and playing at the Prairie, uh, prairie Rose and just, just being in Texas, you were pretty heavily slanted towards country. That's what you heard a lot of. But, uh, you know, you also grew up, during, you know, sort of the big bands of the 90s, the, the grunge era, the Soundgarden, the Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots. I was wondering, were you ever into that as well? Or did you always sort of stick to that uh, blues country?
4: Um, I was into it. I mean, in high school, you know, I mean, I would drive around, you know, I had a system in my truck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it, it was I, I was still one of those kids. You yeah. Know? Uh, but, but as far as, you know, playing and stuff like that, you know, I had so many friends that were kind of also, uh, I was in band in high school and, uh, I was in percussion section. Hey, so was and, I. Nice. Uh, and, <laughs> nice. Uh, so basically we, you know, we had some like-minded people and we jammed together I and mean, whenever we were jamming, you know, we weren't playing, uh, popular rock stuff, you know, we yeah. were just playing, uh, country and blues stuff and especially blues, man. That was so, that was like such a. A big deal for me because I could have three or four guys who weren't, you know, we weren't all great musicians, but we could do one, four, five blue stuff all day long. Yeah. So, so I, I basically stuck to that, you know, and and had bands throughout high school and and uh, and all that with you know, just three or four guys that I would throw together to to do blues stuff and we'd just go play, you know, barbecue cook-offs and stuff like that. So I kind of stuck to playing that musically, but I definitely uh, jammed everything else.
0: Yeah, now, so that sort of, that brought me to the next question because, uh, you know, you didn't start really writing that country music until, you know, 2006-ish, five, somewhere around there. You played in all these different bands. Were you playing other bands just because, sort of, the, like you said, the ease of blues, or uh, d- you know, why why didn't you think country uh, first off? Was it because of the difficulty?
4: Um, no, I just don't think you know. At that time, um, I was just trying to have fun with it, and I wasn't really, I, you know, an artistic outlet wasn't really my my thing before. You know, yeah. I, I was I was just I was just trying to jam, and I just wanted to make music with people, yeah. and that seemed to be the most accessible thing to do for me. And it wasn't really until I was in Austin and, and started to really, you know, dive into creative poten- potential that um, that I got into doing, you know, country or anything else. I mean, I had yeah. a soul band and all kinds of stuff in Austin. So yeah, uh, I started to really kind of get into my own at that point. But before, I was just trying to, to play something loud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like you said, 2007, once you were in Austin, you, you started sort of the, the Moon Pies idea and the 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 band has remained pretty steady for about 13 years there really hasn't been that many you know lineup changes there i i've got to ask who who's the craziest moon pie Hmm. like who's got to be watched (laughs) by other moon pies because they wind up in a jam in a honky tonk who's that uh, well, I think it used to be me.
4: <laughs> uh, uh, now I don't know. You know, uh, Omar is the newest guy. Yeah, and he's the young. He's the youngest guy. Okay, so you know he's still like um, not jaded at all by the music business or anything like yeah. that. So, so he's ready. You know, he's always talking to the most people and getting into. You know, we had to always have to find him at the end of the night. <laughs> so, so uh, I would say him. This because you know basically he's still um, he's still partying. Now. I mean we yeah. all we all party. But, he's still you know, he's having still got, a good
0: time. Um, still fresh face. <laughs> he's got
4: the fire in his eyes. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, now I, I've noticed he, uh, the, his hair is a recent thing. Yeah. He's grown out his hair. <laughs> is is he like under contractual agreement for you guys? Like you're like, hey, listen. Now that we found out, you got you have this nice hair. You can't cut it without <laughs> our consent. Is there a is there agreement there? Uh, I,
4: I think that he's realized that on his own without me having to say
0: it. Uh,
4: I've always had that thing, though, almost with everybody in the band. Like, with Catelyn, like, uh, has shaved off his mustache in past years, and I've been like, man, we just can't. We can't do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's got to warn me about these things. Come on. That's right. Jeez, we can't be Metallica and show up with all our (laughs) hair cut. Come on. That's right. Now, having been in Austin the past 17 years, basically, I, I mean, almost half your life what did it mean when you guys won the Best Country Act at the uh, Austin Music Awards?
4: You know, that was crazy to me, because we had, you know, I think we had been up for it a few years back, and we really tried and pushed hard for it, and that was back in the days when, like, um, Dale Watson was still living here in Austin, and Jesse Dayton was doing the Broken Spoke, and yeah. there was really heavy-hitter, old-school hockey-talk guys that were uh, that were pretty much owning those those country awards back yeah. in that time, Yeah. so... To me, you know, it, and I don't want to say a changing of the guard, but it, you know, at least it kind of put us in the echelon of okay, so we can become that, you know, we can have that in our back pocket. Still, the yeah, the the Austin hometown guys, you know. For sure, so, um, it, it's nice to be in the company of those guys that have won it in the past.
0: Definitely, definitely. Well, speaking of Austin, I've I've had some great bands from austin been lucky to band of heathens reckless kelly in fact reckless kelly when they were on i asked them who they listened to in austin and they said mike and the moon pod so and that true. was actually how, <laughs> how, how i found out about you guys but if i keep yeah I, I i need to ask if i come to austin and i need a good place to eat where are you going to tell me to eat in Austin. Ah, That's
4: a good one. Well, um, you can't go wrong with really any taco truck. (laughs) Uh, uh, You know, I used to go to the Green Mesquite Barbecue on Barton Springs Mm. pretty much daily. That was one of my favorite spots. Nice. And, uh, I've, I've I've since moved a little bit north of town. I'm in Liberty Hills, about okay. 30, 45 minutes north. Okay. Uh, but every every time I've been south Austin, I still go to Green Mesquite.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, that's that sounds solid then. I haven't had that as a suggestion. I'm putting it down. There we go. Green there Mesquite. Go. Got it. Well, also in Austin is one of your, I, I would say, now favorite collaborators, Mr., Mr. Adam Oder. You started working with him on the live album. And it seems like uh, you haven't really stopped since. Uh, he's he, he almost seems like sort of like the sixth member of the band. Why why is Adam such a good collaborator, in your opinion? Why do you like working with him?
4: Well, when we met him for the live record, um, I'd, I'd known who he was prior to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had never met face-to-face until he we showed up to load-in for that WinStar show. And uh, that was the first time we met. And we basically spent three days cutting that record together in a casino and um, if you're not fast friend after that, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we kind of were like-minded about a lot of things in the music industry. And uh, not you know, not just music in general, but, but um, how to promote and, and how to run your business as well. Yeah. And, um, I've, I've always kind of been the one guy that's going to run the business side of, of uh, the Moon Pies. And to have somebody that's, uh, that I can bounce all these things off of, and he can bounce things off of me. Uh, it's just become an incredibly mutually beneficial relationship. And um, you know, we—he—he's got so many. He wears so many hats. Yeah. And uh, and it's just you know to have him around on every aspect of our business now. Can you know basically after after the live record, we knew we were going to make Steak Night together. And yeah. When Steak Night came out, we just we just kept on it. I mean, like you know, he wasn't just a producer and engineer at that point he became you know like managing the band with me yeah so so we do every everything uh for the band together nice uh, at this point and um it's it's really changed the game for us man i mean we've had the best years of our career since we've been with adam so yeah. i don't really see that stopping you know
0: yeah well i mean speaking of that i mean 3 years you've slammed out well less than 3 years you've slammed out three fantastic albums yes! and like you said the the first that you did as far as uh studio album with him was Steak Night at the Prairie Rose. When you went into that, you know, with with Adam and sort of after the live album, what was different than Mockingbird? What what was the idea coming into that album that you wanted to set out and do?
4: I think a lot of it was me letting go of, you know, any controlling ideas I had about anything about the band, in all honesty. Mm. Like, um, you know, I let Adam take the producer range uh, on that record, where I had never done that before. Like, I was pretty much the guy that was going to make the decisions. I came in with the songs and, and, uh, you know, had parts ready in my head. And so for the state Night record, I gave that all away and, and I let everybody in the band basically choose whatever they wanted to play. I want, I wanted them to be comfortable playing whatever they were going to play live. I wanted it to be on the record. Yeah. And, nice. and so that kind of, that kind of changed it for us. And then we kind of, Embellish that even more with the cheap silver record because yeah. I didn't come in with really any songs. I just had some ideas. Wow. And we all wrote, we wrote all those things together. So, um, actually when Adam came along, it kind of made our entire group a more cohesive unit.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, uh, speaking of the the cheap silver, uh, and solid uh, country gold. It was sort of crazy in a bunch of ways. Uh, uh, for folks that don't know, you recorded part of that album at Abbey Road. You laid down a lot of it in Abbey Road, uh, which, you know, it's an exclusive place, and it seems like a crazy place for some, some honky-tonk dudes from Texas to record an album. How did, how did you guys end up at Abbey Roads?
4: Well, we had the idea to do it when we wanted to make kind of a, a crooner record and, and a big band record. And um, uh, the guy that runs the Yellow Dog Studios with Adam, his name is Dave Percival, mm-hmm. and he had worked over at Yellow Dog previously, I mean, at, at Abbey Road previously.
2: Oh, okay. He had done
4: a, maybe, he'd done three or four projects over there, maybe more. Yeah. And so he was uh, he was kind of a phone call away for, for the Abbey Road people. So he called up there and kind of got some rates and figured out some timing, and and it just really all worked by happenstance, that we were going to do our first tour to Europe, we did France and Italy uh, for the first time, and we figured since those festivals were paying our uh, travel expenses to get over there, why not do these two days at Abbey Road while we can? Nice. And uh, so, really, man, I mean, you know, it was a it was a shot in the dark, and we landed it, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's hollowed ground, obviously, and I heard you got to sing into John lennon's microphone and i i i feel like if i were to record there it'd be hard for me to like concentrate i just everything i'd be doing i'd be like john lennon said here hey david gilmore played here aretha franklin said did you find yourself doing that or did you just get lost in the recording
4: well, you know, the first two or three hours that we were in there—that's kind of what we all did. We just walked <laughs> around and and did those things. You know, we just kind of like we're zombies in that place. Yeah, you know, just amazed by everything. Um, but after that, you know, we only had two days to cut those songs, so it was pretty much get to work or we were gonna waste the time. Yeah. So so we all kind of put our working caps on and uh, had to get over that stuff kind of quickly. I mean, it still hits you, you know, in certain moments and there were definitely some moments that we were recording where we felt like that presence changed some of what we were doing in there. So the weight of it was definitely on our minds the whole time, but mostly it was a get to work kind of situation.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, like you mentioned before, you guys were sort of inspired by by crooners like Frank Sinatra on that one uh, and looking to sort of, you know, hone that sound. How do you, how do you think your fans reacted i mean did did you see a difference in the fans as far as that album compared to steak night at the prairie rose
4: yeah and we were nervous about that you know before the release it was um we didn't want to anybody to feel like we had abandoned them you know the hockey talk people that you know that had had really made us yeah uh, at that time uh so that was kind of a difficult thing to do but we dealt with it um And and for me, it just it changed the perspective of our band. You know, the whole the whole thing was we're trying not to be, you know, just that Austin bar band. Yeah. Thing. So the perception of it, you know, was 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 needed. It needed to change to get us on a national level. And I think that was our goal. And I think that's what we really accomplished. I mean, we got more national press out of it and and toured more nationally after it. So um, I
0: think it I think it did what we set out for it to do. Nice, nice. Well, now we're we're up to the newest release, hot off the press, the one that I mentioned earlier at the the beginning of the uh, interview, "Touch of You," the lost songs of Gary Stewart. Now, I would say outside of sort of the the bigger country music fans, and you know, especially the country music fans of the '70s, Gary Stewart probably isn't the most well known. Guy, but for your for you guys specifically, he's been a pretty huge icon. I mean, he's known as the Honky uh, Tonk King. Yes! How did you guys get to work with Shannon Stewart and Tony Schwartz on these songs? How did that come about?
4: I have a really old friend named John Burris, who now um, tour manages for Gary P. Nunn, mm-hmm. and um, we talk we talk a lot. We've always we've been friends for I mean since I started playing music in Austin. Yeah. And uh, he he brought this to me one day. He he just mentioned that he's he was friends with Shannon and and uh, that they had had some songs that they were kind of pitching around to some people like maybe Midland or Cody Jinks or something like that and nobody had really bitten yet and um, I said well send me the stuff and so he put me in contact with uh, Tommy uh, who is Gary's confidant really yeah. and uh, and Shannon and uh, they sent me about twenty tracks man wow. And, i I was blown away by it you know some of it was really not completed at all some of it were demos that never made records it was a hodgepodge of all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and um i just thought it would make a great full-length record if we could choose the right the right 10 songs
2: yeah for sure and
4: um so i kind of brought that to them you know i think their original idea was have somebody cut one or two of these things but when i mentioned the full record they were fully on board it was kind of like a you know, they. I think they've been wanting to do something like that forever, but we afraid to pitch it. Yeah. So, so um, luckily they were on board with that and, and just trusted me with it. Honestly, I mean, they, nice. you know, they didn't they didn't really have too many problems with me uh, changing up some of the things and you know making them finishing some of the ideas that Gary had.
0: Yeah. Well, that's so, what uh, I was going to ask. How much sort of tinkering and and music changing did you guys do?
4: Uh, there was a little bit, you know, like like Smooth Shot, basically. Smooth Shot of Whiskey was a, pretty much a full-cut song that they were ready to put on this uh, Gary and Dean Dillon record, the mm-hmm. second of those records. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one was pretty much done. We kind of just played that song. But most of the rest of them were basically him and a guitar or him and a bass player. Sometimes he's calling out chord changes to a bass player. So yeah. uh, even in those moments, there was some words I had to just kind of figure out or make yeah. up to to finish the phrase cuz he never really sang it in the demo.
2: Yeah. For so sure.
4: um so we definitely we definitely took some of those leeways there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but for you know for the most part, man, we kept everything, you know, all the quintessential Gary things we kept, you know, all the little licks that he had and all the vocal melodies that he was so famous for. Like yeah. we kept all the things that we could, you know.
0: Now, did you did you when you were tinkering with it, did you were you, you know, sort of present in the mind of like i want to keep this as gary stewart as possible or was it let's try to make this a little bit mike and the moon pies
4: well i think it was a little a mix of both you yeah know, i think um as far as vocally i wanted to do everything that gary did i didn't want to you know try to emulate gary because nobody can yeah but i still wanted to keep his melodies the same and and keep what, you know, the point of his song to come across, whatever he had written. Yeah. And then, musically is where we kind of, you know, got into our own headspace a little bit and and did a lot more of the twinning guitars and stuff like we normally do. Nice. So, um, we were able to kind of play with that a little bit uh, in the studio, but, for the most part, I wanted to, you know, the, the lyrics and the and the vocal stuff was what I wanted to make quintessential gay.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, you mentioned it. I think one of my favorite songs on the album is "Smooth Shot of Whiskey," uh, and it's a, it's a duet with you and Mark from Midland. How how did you decide on Mark doing that duet with you?
4: Well, I met Mark um, probably five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. We were playing some shows together out uh, at Pooties and in Spice and 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 Spicewood. I hear him, uh, West, and I guess, mm-hmm. and, uh, that was a, that was a place where, uh, it was owned by Tootie, who used to tour manage for Willie Nelson, and, and, uh, we used to go in there and, and play shows together, where we'd kind of see who could play more Gary Stewart songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, we were always like-minded with the myth and gay, that they listened to, and, and, uh, and music in general. Yeah. And I know, I know that Mark had been pitched, uh. A couple of these songs like i said from shannon maybe before yeah so it was kind of a nice full circle thing to give them the opportunity to jump on the record with us and and uh and make it a really you know it's it's a good story to have mark on there
0: yeah for sure you guys you guys killed it it's a it's an awesome song Thanks. I will say that guy needs to tone down his good looks. So true. I mean, jeez, what is that dude doing? Right? Like I was, I know, man. I was looking at their pictures, and I was just like, who else can rock a mullet and a foo man chew and actually still be considered man pretty? Like that's not, I know. it's not right. Jeez. Yep. Uh, Those
4: guys got the whole package, man. They can sell it.
0: They they can for sure, for sure. Well, last question: What are the plans for for Mike and the Moon Pies for the rest of 2020? Now that this album's out,
4: well, we're actually going in in about two weeks back to the Yellow Dog to work on another record. So wow! We're gonna get started on something else. Um, I've written I've written some stuff while we've had some downtime, and while we we're working on that record, so I've got some songs that I'm ready to to. I want to get back in the groove of recording together again. It was kind of tough uh, to finish that stuff, uh, all apart. From yeah. Our separate houses. So, um, I kind of want to get that pace out of my mouth a little bit to get back <laughs> in, the, in the groove with the guys. Yeah. And, uh, also we, and we also kind of want to get, get started rehearsing together again. It's been, you know, almost three months and we're going to start playing some shows here at the end of June. So, wow. uh, I think we are uh, we need to get together and jam a little
0: bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show, man. It's been a pleasure.
4: Oh Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, listeners, you can keep up with Mike and the Moon Pies at themoonpies.com or on Instagram at Mike and the Moon Pies. Right now, let's hear that duet, Smooth Shot of Whiskey, right here on the Doc G Show. The only
3: good thing that's turned up for us lately Too lately, I just been kicking around alone. Did you hear my wife just left me? I came home last night, my home was gone. What do you say? We go have forget I was the best man.
0: the doc g show that was mike and the moon pies right there man yes, sir off the new album gary stewart unheard classic smooth shot ooh, ooh, of whiskey so true yeah with mm. with mark from I'll midland take one of those. mark from midland man midland they're getting big they're getting
1: big oh yeah Moonpies pies will follow their footsteps and like i told Get mike too
0: Mark's a little too man pretty. That's a fact. He's a little too man pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like he way too good looking. He can't even cover it up though. Like that was the thing. It was like you know, uh, uh, I I was looking through pictures of Midland, and in my head I was just like, is it just me, or is this dude really attractive? Word. and then I I went to their page, and it was like used to be actor and model, and I was like, okay, no. No, if he's a model, he's gotta be man pretty. So true. And then like you yeah you, oh, yeah. you see these pictures with him with like a mullet and a fu man chew, and he's still man pretty, and you're like, what? Bro, come on! Still how, killing it. How uh, can you still be attractive just, with a You're jealous? I am. I'm fact. very I'm very jealous. And can't be that attractive. That's a fact. Yeah. But like you said, man, Mike and the Moon Pies, they're killing the game. I'm very excited about trying Green Mesquite. That sounds like a...
1: oh yeah. That sounds like good a good place. Bar- Texas barbecue.
0: I uh, I, I, uh, I checked out their menu, Dave. And, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it's Texas, it's barbecue. You got to hit up brisket. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I saw they had some chicken fried steak. Wait, what? Yowzas. Yowzes. You love some
1: chicken fried steak.
0: Sca- you, know you know it, man. You know it. Mainly because it's fried and it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. those are the two things that i enjoy about it i mean my god that's true you got steak you got fried and you got gravy lord how long Mm. are you looking to live Mm, two mm, more mm. years come on you're not gonna make it long after that (laughs) ah geez but it looks delicious delicious thank you to mike Mm. and the moon pies again mike had a great time just a fantastic interview Good good things. Good things. Mike's getting out there, oh, too. Yeah. They're planning on getting back out there soon. I was like, geez. I'm just rolling out there. COVID be d***. Just, I'm, we're going out there, you know? It's crazy. They're manly men. Anyways. <speakers> all right. It is time. Last birthday suit. I saved the right. least confident for last. <h instability> <laughs> oh. Okay. This one's still... You got over a majority, though. 53%. Okay. 53. 53. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Born on June 3rd, 1967 in Manhattan, mm-hmm. our birthday suit mm-hmm. wear was the son of a famous writer and the fashion designer and heiress Gloria Vanderbilt of the Vanderbilt family. Okay. Our birthday suit wear's okay. great-great-great-grandfather three greats was Cornelius Vanderbilt.
2: Say what?
0: The yeah. crazy, crazy billionaire during the Gilded Age. Well, millionaire would have been a billionaire by the inflation standards, no doubt, by the day. Right. Um, from 10 to 13, our birthday suit wearer was a model, too. There you go. He was a wow. model for Ralph Lauren blue. and Calvin Klein. Sadly... That makes sense. Our, Vanderbilt. Yeah, kid, yeah. <laughs> Sadly, our birthday suit wearer's father suffered a heart attack uh, and died in 1978. Uh, Our birthday suit wearer became interested in journalism and attended Yale. He graduated in 1989. After college, he started pursuing journalism in earnest. And in 1995, he became a correspondent for ABC News, eventually rising to co-anchor In 2001, he joined CNN, and in 2003, he started his own show on CNN, which he has continued till now. So true. He is considered by some to be the most prominent openly gay journalist in America. Name that birthday suit, where? And I'll give you a big hint. He's got gray hair. uh Uh-huh. It's all gray. Doesn't it's like silver paint. silver gray.
1: I have no idea who You know the most famous A C are I mean, his I mean, initials. Really... Hmm. Uh oh, um Anderson Cooper.
0: There you go. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was gay. I mean, it didn't
1: really matter, but no, that kind of threw me off.
0: Yeah, he. Well, I thought I actually thought that would help you, but apparently you just didn't know. There you go. you, know, you see he's openly gay. There it is. There it is. Okay, and okay. he's a Vanderbilt. Say what? Which is crazy.
1: Yeah, that's That's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, isn't that nuts that your great 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 grandfather was Cornelius Vanderbilt? Like. I mean and like
1: you, d- you didn't go to Vanderbilt University. No,
0: I mean I mean no offense to Vanderbilt, but when you can go to Yale, uh I'd go to Yale. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> know, keep it in the family. Who hey, knows? Well, that is true. I mean, it would be pretty cool to go to Vanderbilt and and like, you know, you get a bad grade on a test and you go to your professor and you're like, "Hey, my great great grandfather uh built this university." So, just to right. let you know, <laughs> like I mean, that's that's a pretty good card to pull there. But I mean, still, that's crazy. Just like one of the few names in the Gilded Age that everybody knows, mm-hmm. like J.P. Morgan and, and 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 Cornelius Vanderbilt. It's like those are some of the 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 real tycoons, if you will. And he's one of them. Right. And he's, and he's linked to it. It's crazy. And a, like pretty, American history. Yeah. Pretty smooth journalist, that dude. He's pretty good. He's pretty smooth. Pretty smooth. And and he does. He's a he's a good looking dude. So he's true. Good looking. I can see why he was a why he's a male model back in the day in model, his younger yeah, years. Makes sense. Anyways, he's turning the fifty three. Fifty three years old. Oh, Happy yeah.
1: birthday, AC.
0: Hey, fifty-three and fifty-three percent. I didn't even try to do that, but there you go. 53%. <laughs> and you got it. You got it. See what you did there. You got the majority. Nicely done. Skin in my teeth. You you got there. I mean, you know, initials, there were some other things. You got there. You got it. Nicely done. Anderson, enjoy your birthday, you. sir. Uh okay. Dave, it's time to tell you about some great shows coming up. Uh, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay one on you, which is next week, and I'm extremely, mm-hmm. extremely excited about it. We've got none other than Will Hogue on the show. Will oh. has been in the uh, music industry for 25 years, and you Dang. know, I actually I'm planning on asking him about this. But one of the things that I consider, you know, I consider when a musician is great is when other musicians also think they're great you know and yeah. will's yeah. got all kinds of folks great artists that think he's great i mean shinedown Down uh, always talk about how great he is cheryl crow talks about how great he is uh social distortion the uh the punk rock band Talks about how great he is. He's just he, he's Some he's good be-
1: references,
0: man. Yeah, he's beloved by all, man. And here's here's a fun fact for you, Dave. The last tattoo that uh, Will got, mm-hmm. Social Distortion was playing when he got it. And you want to know something else? Oh. The first tattoo that I ever got, Social Distortion was playing social when distortion. I
1: got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: look at you guys. little connection for me and Will there. There you go. There you go. I'm super excited, man. I saw him first in concert in 2010. Been waiting 10 years for this interview. Not really. I didn't know that I was going to interview him,
1: but still. The anticipation.
0: Very excited about this. You guys got to tune in for it. But until then, I have been your host, Doc G, with me as always, you know the whole deal that I gave you at the beginning. Dave Burles Berlin.
2: Say what?
0: No, I'm still negative. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. He's still negative. He's still got a mustache and he still works in the medical field. That's Dave. There it is. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Alright. Until next week. Zip it up and zip it out.
1: Zippity do dah.